law is more than the policeman on the corner, more than the courthouse where our laws are enforced, more than the jail where lawbreakers are punished. In your whole community, there are customs and moral codes which guide your actions. What social controls affect you? I mean, it's against the law. Having an open container in a park, I do believe. Mr. Tisher, Mr. Field, we're not friends anymore. You told me that three months ago. I know. This is Life of the Law. I'm Jason Albert in Bend, Oregon. I live on the bank of the Deschutes River. In this stretch of about a block, the river divides two distinct sides of our city, the east and the west. The riverbank is a public space open for everyone, but people don't always agree on how to best spend a hot summer day. Davis Park is on the east side of the river. It has the perfect combination of shade and privacy for people to hang out, let loose. Teenagers used to come here to make out or drink some beers. Now, on hot days, it's where many go to cool off, including the down and out. On the west side of the river, where I live, things like birding, jogging, and swimming are the norm. It's a different kind of park over here. We just got a call. Juveniles jumping off the Bill Healy Bridge and doing backflips and so forth. My name's Officer Mark Tischer. I'm the Parks Resource Officer with the City of Bend Police Department. I'm riding along with Officer Tischer as he patrols his beat, more than 50 city parks. We stop at an intersection and I see two tanned guys chilling at a bus stop. Tischer rolls his window down. Hey! Hey, Hey, I'm good, brother. What's going on? Same old? I recognize those men. For the past two summers, these two have often made Davis Park their daytime home. In a way, they've come to represent the character of the park. This round of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys been keeping Davis Park clean for me? What's that? Yep. Yeah, we're going to the rapids, so meet us down there. All right. Okay. I'm gonna, are you going to body surf it today? It's 80, I might get <laughs> For years, though, Davis Park shenanigans went unpoliced. So Davis Park is now that place, which all cities and towns have, where local customs are at odds with city laws. But about a year ago, the Parks Department proposed building a bridge between the two sides. That got people's attention on my block. Paul Stell is the natural resources manager for the Bem Parks and Recreation District. He says they've tried most everything to enforce local laws and regulations in city parks. The parks department even got rid of the park rangers. Because they didn't have full authority. They couldn't make citations or arrests or, you know, um, carry a firearm and, and take care of business. <laughs> now there's a parks cop. That's who you met earlier, Officer Tischer. The increased law enforcement is necessary, Stell says, because city parks still serve a critical function. On a hot summer day, it's a great place for anybody. They can be there from, you know, when the park opens till the park closes. And if they don't have any place else to be, that's a good place to be. But there are rules, and we need to follow the rules. That's the only issue. Here in Bend, the rules are basic. No criminal activity, 
no endangering the peace and safety of others, no drinking alcohol or possessing an open container without a proper permit. If people can agree to this, Stell says those living close to city parks have an obligation to let it be for the entire public. Living next to a park is a commitment. (laughs) Stell doesn't finish his thought, but I know what he means. Residents have no control over public land bordering their property, and there's a steady flow of different people and habits. So on my block, some homeowners want to project their idea of how the other side of the river should be. People on the west side engage the police, like my neighbor, who I'll call Sam. She didn't want her real name used. You know, we tried to figure out how to solve this problem. What problem? Of um, unhealthy and unsafe behavior dominating a small community park. Sam says a group of men show up around 10 each morning in Davis Park. They claim a picnic table and spend all day there, drinking and smoking. And that would happen every sunny day. Two people would come and secure that that uh, picnic table. The hotter it was, the earlier they'd come. So they'd make sure they had it for the whole day. I asked Sam what she means by unhealthy. Unhealthy is open container drinking, people getting so intoxicated or high on something that they're yelling at people in the park and across the river, including children. Okay, walking up. I'll ring the buzzer. Hi, Jason. How are you? So I am recording. As I, is that okay? Say what? You're recording. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So have a seat. Okay. Okay. Marion lives across the street from Sam. She's another block matriarch. She also wishes Davis Park felt less menacing, but she still likes it here. There's a wildness about living next to moving water. The voice of God, as the Old Testament says. The sound of water is the voice... I forget, but you can look it up. Marion says people in Davis Park should be more discreet. Being part of the community, that that if if you're going to drink, you should uh, do it surreptitiously rather than out in the open and, and not get so drunk that you you know, yell at people and, and cause a disruption. I mean, it's against the law, having an open container in a park, I do believe. Marion's a retired lawyer. She spent decades representing people like those across the river. But the way she says that, it's against the law. It's an easy way to make gray situations black and white. We all do it. So I push her to give me a sense of how she feels about it on a human level. You know what I was thinking about was when I went to college... We studied the contract philosophers, you know, Locke, Barclay, and Hume. And that the problem with Davis Park is that there's some folks that um, really don't have any reason to, they're homeless, and they're kind of down and out, and they're, um, sounds like having issues with drink and drugs. And so they have no reason to uh, abide by the rules of the community. So there's no social contract. And so the question becomes, well, how do you enforce laws with people like that? 
so you want me to do a countdown? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. My name is Chris Clord. I'm the managing director of the Bethlehem Inn, uh, Central Oregon's largest homeless shelter serving men, women, and families. Marion got me thinking about social contracts and how exactly we establish customs and laws in places like Davis Park. Clort, a longtime Bend local, says for a city its size, the scale of social services here are too small. That means individuals in our community must provide support. And Clort says that support isn't just food and shelter. There's a wonderful quote, which is that the law prohibits equally a rich man and a poor man from sleeping under a bridge. A rich man would never need to sleep under a bridge, but the thought that there's an, a, a sense of equality there, there's an equivalence there, is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Ben's got an oversupply of brew pubs and golf clubs. So if a person with a bit of disposable income wants to crack a beer on a hot day, they've got plenty of places to go. But Clort says many people in Bend have a tough go of it. Their choices in life are fairly limited. So... If you don't have much money and it's a nice summer day, where are you going to go? You're either going to go to a library or you're going to go to a local park, which is your park as much as it's anybody else's park. The question has to be, what are the modes of behavior in that park? Clort makes an important distinction between law and custom. So law is the thing that we tell ourselves we want to do. Custom is, is what we allow to happen. Right now, those two are not aligning in Davis Park. Clort is a humanist. He sees the need for a dialogue between all the park's users. But until that happens, it falls to the police to decide what's allowed and what isn't. We can go look here. Dispatch L63, community policing. So we're back at the bus stop where Officer Tisher and I have just run into Ron and Matt. Remember when they said this? I'm gonna, are you going to body surf it today? It's 80. I might get wet. <laughs> After Ron and Matt head off to Davis Park, Tisher shows me the records. He points out a few thefts and DUI charges from back in the early 90s. After a few more hours driving around, Tisher decides to check in on Ron and Matt at the park. Officer Tisher walking down. He's got his binox. We're on the west side of the river looking into Davis Park. We bump into my neighbor, Marion, walking her dog. Everybody's out. You know, it's sort of like Alaska. This is one of the first lovely days. Everybody's sort of getting their sun. Yay, Officer Tishner, our champion. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. You have a spotting scope if you need better, better um, bot, you know, optics. Tisher jumps in the patrol car. Davis Park, contact. Tisher says there's about six people partying. Among them, two guys on parole that shouldn't be drinking. They could possibly face jail time. Tisher also says one of the parolees can be difficult when he's drunk, so he calls for a backup. And by the time we've driven to Davis Park, a police car carrying two officers rolls in behind us. Tisher questions Ron and Matt, and another guy I know as Mr. Mills. Tisher is interested in their backpacks. What about the main main container or main pocket? You got a warrant? Hey, you got a warrant? Ron, Ron, I'm gonna write you a Ron, you know, because it's what I got to do. Hey, we've, we've talked for hey, years. Hey, it was all gray backpacks. That's mine right there. Yes, my beer in here, buddy. I got clothes beers in there. That's right. All right. Yes. Well, I got clothes ones. I bet I wasn't drinking. Hey, Mr. Mills. I'm just letting have a seat on that. Mr. Mills, sit down right there, please. Okay. Whatever, dude. 
Mills looks pissed. His face reddens. His muscles tighten. About now, Tisher calls for a third backup. You're on probation, Mr. Mills? No, I'm not on nothing, buddy. Not since August 8th of 2000, old boy. So there what, what? Yeah. Why are you upset, Mr. Mills? Because, man, you want to walk around here. You want to throw some guys around here, man. Run my shit and let me get the hell out of here. This is the last time. <laughs> right. I ain't coming down here no more. Every time I come down here, the police show up. The fourth officer shows up. Ron, Matt, and Mr. Mills all seem glad to see him. Hey, it's about time. Fields, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? We're good, sir. Officer Tischer opens his ticket pad and writes Fields a citation and an exclusionary notice, meaning he cannot enter a city park for three months. Here's how Ron Fields feels about all this. Mr. Tischer, Mr. Fields, we're not friends anymore. Like, just I just told you that to. three months ago. I know. We're not friends. I ain't hurting nobody down here, man. I'm shutting up and I'm going to Bye, guys. This place just cleared out pretty fast. Wow. Tisha and I walk back to the police car. Wow. See how quickly things go south. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Had I been watching this scene from across the river, Besides the cops, it would have seemed normal. Ron, Matt, and the merrymakers pretty much keeping to themselves. But here's the thing. I'm at the river daily. I notice most people break some sort of law or rule here. Some drink alcohol openly, dogs run amok off-leash, all against city code. And I'm talking most visitors, just regular folks. No different than Ron and Matt, whose biggest crime, perhaps, is treating Davis Park like their living room. Yeah, I have seen Ron and Matt get too drunk, yell at people, but it's been rare. There's been no dialogue, no discussion of what the customs in Davis Park should be. The law has been enforced, but I'm unsure we've made our block a better place. Certainly, it's less welcoming. And the band of ragtag men, they'll simply move on, maybe to another park, the problem's unresolved. Later this summer, on another scorcher, I floated a section of the Deschutes with my two children. Life jackets on, we jumped in a mile upstream from downtown. We carelessly floated, our bodies bobbing all the way. Near downtown, we got out and sun-dried. I looked across the street at the bus stop. There stood Matt, one of the usual suspects at Davis Park. Although this time, he didn't look the part. His big belly exposed to the sun, his arm around his little girl. He'd been floating the river too. I'm Jason Albert. This is Life of the Law. Life of the Law is produced by Shannon Heffernan and Nancy Moulin, with editing by Julia Barton and Martina Castro, with production support from Caitlin Prest. Financial support comes from the Open Society Foundation, with special thanks to Thomas Hilbank. <laughs>